Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Muscaro, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nothing okay. spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game right. winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. Way. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandoz in the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Jay Sandoz, Mike Gallagher, our fifth edition of Sandoz and the sidekick. And we got a lot to talk about on today's program. Uh, after our opening segment, Austin Herrick is with us. A special segment that you've uh, kind of created. I'm going to give you credit. Brainchild of you. Well, pretty much every segment was created by me, so I should get credit for most of them. Uh, this is the route tree with Austin Herrick, and we're going to kind of preview what that segment will be one every week throughout the rest of the football season. Austin, very busy this time of year. I mean, he finished an undergrad degree, and now is finishing a grad degree in like four and a half years combined, which is outrageous. I'm on like my eighth year trying to get my graduate degree. So it's uh, impressive what he's been able to do. But we're also going to just give him a quick chance to uh, give his piece on the quarterback situation and decision uh, that was made by Randy Sanders to go with Logan Marchie. Um, just get that out there, because if he was on, I think some viewers would be like, well, what does he think? You know, kind of elephant in the room type thing. Let him talk move past it, and then go to a preview of the route tree and also just talk about Mars Hill this weekend. Uh, just because he's not going to be the starter for that game doesn't mean he's not preparing to be. That's what they always talk about, right? Is uh, I'm just guessing he's he's been in a meeting where a game plan's going. <laughs> now, he's probably not going to reveal a lot of that, but he can talk in general. Well, you can talk about what you see on uh, on film from last year for Mars Hill, what they've studied, what they're looking at coming into this year. And while ETSU hasn't played Mars Hill in over 15 years, of course, uh, I mean, you, you know Tim Clifton. You know, he's coached 264 games in his time at Mars Hill, so there's a lot to talk about with Austin. That'll be about 12, 15 minutes. Uh, Could do bold predictions. Always one of my favorite segments. Yeah, bold predictions will be our last segment. Uh, we'll have fun. We were completely awful last week, as you would expect with bold predictions, right? You're supposed you to got be... one right, so I'll give I you did. credit. I did. I accidentally got one right. And then um, also Adam Sayers, fresh off a win last night. We'll talk to him in our third segment. Now, fresh off a win, and also kind of a scary situation last night at USC Upstate, and it's happening far too often this first week of classes. They had lockdown there last night. Um, there was a situation with police and a police chase from my understanding where a, a man was wielding a gun on campus and it's just been a, a wild week and things you never want to see at any point on a college campus but especially when you're welcoming students back in you're trying to create a, a good atmosphere for the kids and really get settled into um, you know another school year this 18-19 um, athletic and academic year so want to just get his thoughts about that and how his team was able to move past that get their first one of the year. Right, let's talk a little bit about Mars that's obviously the the big thing coming up the first game Saturday night Wimby Green Junior Stadium 730 is when that game will kick off the tailgating lots at eight o'clock it is a gold out uh, for the fans if you don't have a gold shirt you can pick one up plenty of time alumni halls across the way the bookstore will be selling actually uh, on site uh, saturday for the contest six o'clock it will be our pregame show coverage on the buccaneer sports network get 
you ready for that contest. It's also on ESPN+. Plus. So lots of ways to engulf the game. We hope you come. If you're in the Tri-Cities and Able, there's still, uh, what it was yesterday, about a couple hundred tickets left uh, to that. They will still sell standing room only after that. But certainly tickets left. And a lot of things to be excited about. Obviously, Coach Torbush, defensive-minded coach, tough football team. You kind of knew what he wanted. Randy Sanders, an offensive guy, you know, you can have polar opposites and probably their thought process and, and what they want to do. So I'm looking forward to see what the offense looks like. We've been at practice, uh, and I'm sure we'll get Austin to comment on it just a little bit, some some differences, again, without giving away some trade secrets. But still trying to figure out offensively what the Bucks are going to look like. But you know when you get an offensive coach compared to a defensive coach, they're going to try to light up the scoreboard, and that's something that we'll be looking forward to see. The one issue, though, you know, you lose four of your top five receivers. Your top two tailbacks are out. The tight ends last year more blocking. I've seen them catch more passes in practice than, than we have in uh, the previous regime. And then certainly the offensive line, most guys are back. They lose a very talented guy in Alex Rios. But hey, Gajardo actually filled in for him a little bit, so he'll be at right tackle. So a lot to look forward to. I, I think I'm most looking forward to seeing exactly what is that offense going to look like. I'm interested to see a guy that Tim Clifton pointed out yesterday in our interview, Quay Holmes. He said that is a very talented guy. And when your opponent's coach is looking at what he's seen from you and saying, wow, I really think that guy stands out, um, that's a high compliment. And that also makes me excited to see what Quay can do on the field in a more, it seems like, extensive role this year. And also Braxton Richburg and Anthony Spagnoletti on the outside. Uh, we've seen fr- flashes from both, but they were always kind of stuck behind Vincent Lowe, Drake Powell, didn't get on the field maybe as much as they would have hoped. And now we're going to have the chance to grow into those roles so I think what's really important is to see if the team is going to be able to run the ball effectively after finishing last in the Southern Conference in rushing yards last year and also defensively what is going to be the strength of this defense and Tim Clifton said yesterday to us ETSU's defense is going to kind of dictate what we try and do Uh, they're going to try and take one thing away defenses tend to do that a lot these days and then we'll have to thrive in the other ways that we can is it going to be the secondary they've only had uh, let's see 12 interceptions in the first four years or three years of this program coming into this season. And uh, then you look up at the front seven, and there's just a ton of talent. This year, player, Dylan Weigel, Austin Gatewood, Chris Boyer. I mean, it goes on and on. So will that strength be in that front seven? That's what it seems like now. But what about the secondary that only allowed, what was it, the third fewest passing yards in the Southern Conference last year? So there's a lot of potential on that side of the ball, and that's where ETSU has to make a big step, and it's a good chance to build some confidence this week. There were a lot of, obviously, a lot of guys have been playing a long time, and you mentioned Dylan Weigel. He's actually the active leader in FCS for tackles by a lot, right? yeah, by like 65 yeah. tackles. So certainly you, you get him. Gatewood's been a, a perennial starter and a serial player since he's walked out on campus. Boyer as well, as you've mentioned. I think that the big thing for me is how sort of those young guys in year two, Blake Bockworth towards the end of the year kind of took over for Trey Quillen and he's just an animal. I mean, six four, six five. He's added a few more pounds. About a he's about a true two sixty runs well. I thought Karan DeLentz, a, a cornerback, is now going to get the the start. He he filled in a little bit. He had the big pass breakup in the end zone against Marquise Irving and Mercer to help kind of set the, the the dramatics for Austin Harrington, Juwan Stinson to pick up that win. Jeremy Lewis was thrown into the fire. I remember watching him at VMI when Darren Artis got hurt, and he was a true freshman. Ended up having an interception late in the game, but boy, he struggled that first game even though he had an interception that second game. By the third game, you started to see, man, this kid is going to be talented. Ended up starting a lot last year. A couple of safeties in Tyree Robinson. You know, he was a freshman last year, got – Got a lot of time, him and Tyrus Tucker, but the, or Titus Tucker, I should say. The big one I'm kind of curious about because they, he's obviously an athlete. 
He can make plays with the ball in his hands. He's been a running back. He's been a receiver. Now he's going to be the starting safety, Artavius Smith. They've just tried to find ways to get him on the field. He's so talented. You've got to figure out. And he's a great cover guy. So I'm assuming somewhere mid-year they thought, well, we're having trouble getting him a spot to work him in offensively. He's a great cover guy. He can run. He can tackle. We've had some issues at the back end of that secondary. Why not have Artavius play safety? So I'm kind of, as offensive end, looking to see what they're going to do. I'm kind of curious to see maybe how Artavius and, and, and Robinson do back here at the, at the safety position because I think there's no issues uh, with the front, barring injuries or anything unforeseen moving forward. I think that front seven, who, who's been together for a while now, and Billy Taylor's the constant uh, when ETSU was here before and then when it came back. So there's one thing you do know is uh, the man can coach some linebackers backers and defensive front. And ETSU's defense, you know, they as a whole are something that Tim Clifton pointed out as a thing that's just not really going to change much because he does know Billy Taylor. They know, they go way, way back um, to previous years and back to when these two teams had previously met. So he thinks there's going to be a lot of pressure brought. Some of those athletes up front are going to get their chances to get after the quarterback. Austin Brown, who's had kind of a weird career for Mars Hill, he was I don't know if I want to call him the starter, but he played in 11 games, led the team in games played in 2016, was second on the team in yards and touchdown passes. They were going kind of two quarterback set and rotating those guys in and out. And then last year, David Salmon came in and played the majority of snaps and only 20 passes thrown for Brown. Now he gets the chance to kind of step back into the limelight. And without their top receiver from last year, who had nearly 1,300 yards, they do have all of their others back. In terms of depth, they are very deep at the wide receiver position. Mars Hill defensively and Tim Clifton spun it in a way that you would as the head coach of your own football team he said you know a lot of our guys because of the seven starters we lost before week three last year a few in the preseason and a couple against North Carolina A&T there were some young guys that really had the chance to go out and get some experience improve themselves and get valuable reps to come into this year but you look at the stats, and six of their top seven tacklers from last year are gone. So how, how productive can those guys be stepping up for those six that have left? Do they take those reps and use them in a positive way this year? And against a one-level-up team, FCS versus Division Two, is the stage going to be too big for those guys since they are still young? North Carolina A&T, a lot of those guys wouldn't have played yet because there were those four starters that – uh, Mars Hill lost after that game. So it's a big step for a lot of those young guys on defense. I think ETSU has to take full advantage of that and maybe catch them being young as they are, uh, trying to guess, hit a couple over the top. I was interested when we were talking to Coach Randy Sanders on the Coaches Show Wednesday because I, I mentioned you know most of the special teamers are back. Lennon Kunak will still be handling the kickoffs, Watson the punter, uh, Marion Watson, and, of course, J.J. German, the very talented left-foot kicker. I'd mentioned about him, you know, one off the school record and, you know, uh, 56 yards. Could he get him a 58-yarder? And he, he just kind of looked at me funny, and he was like, well, you know, I was wondering why he's been trying to kick, you know, near midfield <laughs> and working on that and doing that. And I hate to tell him, but unless the game's on the line, I don't know if I'm trying a 58-yard field goal. So Coach Torbush wasn't afraid to kick a, a 56, 58-yard field goal. And also uh, Coach Sanders went on to say he hopes that uh, he has closer range shots and doesn't want to give him any 20, 22 yards because that means the Bucks aren't punching it in, you know, inside the 10. But, uh, you know, that, that 30 to, to 45 range, he said he hope he has more of those opportunities than a 55, 56. But certainly that's got to be a weapon it was last year for head coach Carl Torbush. I think it will be for Randy Sanders. The only difference is Nick Sexton – uh, you know, kind of played that first year with Austin Herrick battling for the quarterback role. 
he was the one constant holder that he had. And I know Watson held on one or two extra points here and there, but for the most part, it was always Nick Sexton as the holder. I tried to talk to JJ about that. He says he hasn't had uh, really much. He can't notice much difference between him and Marion Watson, and and like it should be, the the punters and kickers are doing their own thing. As they, they you know, they're, they're kind of different animals, right? During practice, they're not really doing what everybody else is doing. So they should be working with the long snappers. And uh, Adam Mullins is another guy that's been there since the restart of football. So he's going to snap. Watson's going to hold. JJ hopefully he's going to kick him up and in but I think that's something that hopefully you don't have to worry about not just the the that part of the game but getting Quan Harrison back as your return guy you literally return as far as those key cogs back into it we were just joking before the show started Shane Leckler just got cut by the Texans we were just joking about the Raiders going out and getting Shane Leckler Sebastian Janikowski and a holder uh, as well as a long snapper like in that similar period and then having those guys for 10-15 years it's not something that I think fans it's not sexy right it's not the thing that's going to jump off the page like well long snapper and a holder I, I mean you need points late in games and you need all of that to work exactly as is and so we kind of give the Raiders gruff, and a lot of people in the media do that as well because the franchise just hasn't been that great, and maybe the strength was Leckler, Janikowski, and that unit uh, for the longest time, punters and kickers and special teams. But really, when it comes down to it, that can make or break ball games. How many times do we say and see every weekend, Jay, that there are games decided in the last four or five minutes by teams either you know going for it outside the 25 because they don't have a kicker that can hit a 40-yarder, or having a kicker come on, trying and risking that when maybe he's only made four or five 40 yarders in his life goes out there shanks it and maybe does that two or three times during the game that's the difference in the ball game so special teams can never be overlooked just want to uh, have a correction because as as you know i don't pride myself on facts a lot uh, don't let facts it, get in the way yeah, of the sure story. sure jj actually uh, had 251 yarders last year the score record is 52 so i, I gave him i gave him five more yards i mean he can do five I've, more yards I've, I've you're him, just seeing into the future I've, exactly i've seen a 59 yarder from him uh, now i know he's posted some videos of some 60 yards but actually me. Barefoot. Wasn't there a barefoot yeah, there 60 was a barefoot yarders? That's just stupid. I actually got Matt Wiljamar, a color analyst, fired up that he didn't want him to hurt his foot. Uh, <laughs> but I figured a kicker knows how to kick the ball. I could be wrong. I've never kicked That's a quarterback. Only use the hands. You know, sure. Yeah, up. you know, well, quarterbacks aren't worried about that. Stay in his so. lane. Right. Speaking of quarterbacks, great segue. We're going to step aside for a timeout on Sando San, the sidekick. When we come back, we'll hear from Austin Herrick on the new segment, The Route Tree, right after this timeout. You're listening on the podcast. You can download on SoundCloud or on iTunes. You're also watching on Facebook Live. This is Sando San, the sidekick on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Whoa, 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 hey, hey, everyone settle down. What, what's all the commotion about? There's a new instant game launching in August? It's only a dollar? And there are 12 different versions featuring 12 different dogs? Celebrate the dog days of summer with a new Lucky Dog Instant Game. Collect the whole litter today, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Citizens Bank and our growing lending team are excited to support the game broadcasts of the ETSU Buccaneers. We are proud to provide a lineup of options that fit the needs of local businesses, whether it's an expansion loan, remote deposit service, SBA loan, or treasury management services. We can help your business grow. Visit our website or your local Citizens branch to speak with a qualified lender to learn more. From everyone at Citizens Bank, go Bucks! Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. 
If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! I feel like day after day it's all the same. I know there's more out there. I, I just can't reach out and grab it. <laughs> Does that sound crazy? Um, no, but I'm a butcher. Perhaps a nice seafood dinner would help? Gosh, that sounds great. Excellent. I'll steam some shrimp for you. Really? No one's ever said that before. At Food City, our butchers can't solve your existential crisis, but they can offer a ton of other great services you won't find at most other grocery stores. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Jay Santos back on Santos and a sidekick. Mike Gallagher, the man in the middle. Austin Herring, quarterback here at ETSU. And a segment that, again, I give full credit to Mike, who said credit for all the show. Absolutely. And uh, in fairness, that's probably about 85% correct on that. I think so. that's probably correct. Yeah, especially the name. I was yes. actually anti the name. <laughs> Believe that or not, I was anti the name on I this podcast. Well, 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 if it wasn't very good, then my name wasn't attached to it. <laughs> Fair so, point. Sidekick, that, that could be anybody, right? So, exactly. yeah, there you go. But anyway, Austin Harrington with us. We want to do a special segment each week called the, the Route Tree. And since it's uh, – Mike's baby here. Mike, why don't you sort of give a little bit of explanation, and we'll talk to Austin. Well, I'm, I want to actually flip that around because I okay. want to just get the elephant in the room out of the way and let Austin kind of address the whole situation that happened over the last week and throughout camp with Logan Marchie, Austin Herring fighting for that quarterback position. Randy Sanders goes with uh, Logan. Uh, Austin won't be out there for uh, the first snap for the first time in this iteration of ETSU football. 33 games, and he started every one of them, which is just incredible. A legacy in itself. But rather than push it aside, I'd just like to be able to have you kind of address that as you will, Austin. Um, so no one watching is like, well, what does he think? What does he think? Just go right ahead and floor's yours. Yeah. Um, actually, it's funny you said that. Uh, I had a friend call me this week. He said, so what are you going to do on the sideline? And I was like, goodness, I haven't thought about that. <laughs> this is the first game that I've suited up for and haven't started since 2011. Wow. So that was still Barack Obama's first term. So that's been a while. Um, but obviously, you know, not the news that I wanted. I was frustrated, obviously. I'm not going to sit up here and say that, you know, I was super excited about the news. But um, Coach has to make the best decision he feels for the team, and I fully support that, you know. That's what I told Logan and told Coach. Like, I've been in those shoes. Um, quarterback, you know, you get a lot of praise. You also get a lot of heat. So I know what Logan's going through, and I got his back. Um, I watched this uh, this thing that LeBron James said this summer where he was like, you know, team sports, you always have a role. Um, you know, sometimes some of the best players have to come off the bench or don't even play. 
And, uh, you know, if you don't like roles or anything like that, go play golf or tennis. And nothing wrong with those sports, but um, you have to assume your role. And, you know, my role is a little bit different this year. And roles can change. Um, and I'll be ready if that does happen. But um, obviously it's a little different. Um, but I'm excited to kind of sit back and see the game through a different lens. I want to coach or get into athletic administration or maybe do something like this. So it kind of – I think this is – going to help me for my next chapter in life and um, you know I'm excited for what this season holds and I'm excited for our team and this isn't if I can jump in for we and we'll get in the route tree last question on this but you, you did split time even though you were taking the first snap with Nick Sexton at first year you there were times that you were the clipboard or the signal guy going in there so not totally a new there but what was the conversations I mean th- think I guess think about like you and Nick talking back and forth and how maybe you and Logan are going to be able to, to communicate because obviously there's coaches, but I've talked to too many players that like, yeah, as soon as a coach are with, they'll turn around to a teammate and go, okay, what, did you, what, what are you seeing? And, you know, because, again, coaches see things, players see things. It's just a little different. So I'm just curious on, you know, kind of your and Nick relationship and how maybe you and Logan can, can work that. Yeah, you know, me and Nick, I can remember the first day we met. We're, we've been, you know, really good friends since that. And, you know, Logan came in and, and we're friends too. But, um, yeah, I mean – I'll obviously be watching every play, knowing the play call and still going through my reads as I would if I was playing just without getting hit or you know, throwing it to the other team or something like that. Well, there's so, one bright spot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, you know, when Logan comes to the sideline, Coach will have – he'll say his piece, and then if I see something, you know, I'll say, hey, man, I, I saw this. What do you think? Just watch this or, you know, be ready for that. So um, – and – you know, we talked last night a little bit. I've played a lot of the teams on the schedule before. I've got two years of notes on them at least. And so, um, you know, I can use that and kind of uh, help him with that because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. We're all trying to win for ETSU. And that's kind of why I think we're excited to have you on is because you do have the experience. You've carved out your own legacy here already and a consummate pro. I don't think anyone thought you'd come on here and torch Sanders or torch Marchie, which is why I was confident about having you on. You're going to handle whatever comes your way in a very professional fashion. Good transition by you right before Jay's question. Athletic administration, you're going to have to make some pretty high-ranking, you know, high-level decisions at some point in your professional career. The route tree, this is where this comes in, which is what we're going to do for each of the next 10 weeks, and it can kind of take on a number of different forms, but my idea for it was Austin Herrick on the field goes through a number of routes. Route tree, if people aren't familiar, is just kind of the different routes that wide receivers run on plays, different things that they do in a playbook, that kind of thing. So you diagnose the route tree on the field. You're going to have to go a number of different routes in athletic administration and make a number of different decisions in your time in either coaching being an AD, whatever you end up doing, if it's one, all, both, um, whatever the case may be. So why not do a few big decisions here on Sandos and the sidekick? So it's going to be either historical sports situation where we anonymize everything. Let's say, uh, for instance, uh, there was a big trade that happened in – I'm just going to throw the NBA out there right now. You're a football guy, but let's throw the NBA out there. There's one that comes to mind. Dirk Nowitzki got traded for, like, tractor trailer, rest of soul, and one other person where it ended up being one of the most one-sided trades in the history of basketball. Anonymize everything. Austin, you're a team that's won 20 games. You're the GM of this team, and a team comes to you and says, look, you're not going anywhere this year. You've got to build for the future. Offers you – Dirk Nowitzki, and says, you know, uh, there's a couple pieces people, pieces that we like on your team, so why don't we swap, you build for the future, we win for the now. And so you either go yes or no, and it ends up being, of course, either you made the right decision, you saved the box, they have Dirk Nowitzki, they go on to win three titles, or 
you go and trade Dirk Nowitzki and Dallas wins the title and you get a couple of kind of stiffs in the NBA. So yeah. that's the idea. It can also be from, say, the weekend before college football. Um, there are a few turning points in different situations on the field. What would you have done as either the coach or the quarterback? Things like that. I also had one where I was just going to throw jokes at you and you were gonna, either going to throw the pass complete or throw it away. Okay. And so it would be either throw jokes away, throw passes that are complete, either good or bad jokes, like 20 rapid fire ones. So there's a lot yeah. of different ideas with it. I think it can kind of take on a life of its own. You sounded enthused, uh, but we're also going to every week do like half that and then half breakdown. So we're going to keep it yeah. you know, light but also serious with you because there's so much you can bring to the table in both. So, for example, now we went ahead and did the ETSU stuff. So now he's going to put you in, in that role because the one thing uh, Austin last summer was in our office and interning again, we, part of the deal in athletics, right, you're trying to prepare yourself for life after whatever your sport is as long as you can play it. And so this was this was a fun segment that uh, – and you're – I don't know what you're going to come up with. But, no, I haven't come uh, up with Am I allowed with to chime in on this? I have, just awesome. Well, you absolutely can, but I haven't okay. come up with anything this week. So, oh, you no, got nothing. Yeah, okay, so no, that's we're what gonna, it's going to be. We're going to go okay. on Mars Hill. Yeah, this is just a preview right. of what we're going to do the next 10 All weeks. All right, well, let's talk about yeah. Mars Hill. Absolutely. Whenever you prepare, uh, obviously, for uh, a team that's not in the league, you don't have tape, you're not real sure, you can only go off what last year is, teams transition all the time. How tough is it game one to try to prepare? And, and game one, especially Mars Hill, where there might not be as much tape as you can get as, as a team in the Southern Conference. Yeah. Um, I actually thought about that this week, and it took me all the way back to the first game we ever played at ETSU, which was the toughest game ever to prepare for because Kennesaw State had never played a game, and we hadn't played a game in 13 years. So there's no film to watch. <laughs> I mean, you literally just like, well, I hope they run this. We watched a few YouTube highlights of them. I'm like, is this what they do? Is this just for the YouTube highlight? Like, we don't know. I didn't even think about so, that. So we had no clue. And I remember going to Coach O'Kane in pregame warm-ups and, you know, what were we thinking for the first play? And he was like, well, I don't know. We'll see what they line <laughs> up in. So, uh, so yeah, that, that made every game after that a lot easier to prepare for because, you know, I played a game with literally watching no film. Um, so, no, I think one unique thing about Mars Hill is they've had such great continuity with their coaching staff. I mean, they've been together for – you know, I think the offense, defensive coordinator, and the head coach spent 20-something years together, which is just incredible. Um, so um, with that, we kind of know what they're going to do. You know, we know their scheme, um, which helps us, obviously. Um, but it helps them, too, because, you know, they know what they're doing. So, um, you know, looking at that and preparing for them, um, you know, I, I think we've got a good plan ready to go. Are there lessons that you can take from the Limestone game last year where you started? Because these two teams in the same conference, uh, obviously last year conditions were very difficult, and so that 31-10 final, who knows on a perfect night like we're expecting tomorrow night how things would have changed. But is there anything you can look at from that game give to Logan, the rest of the offense, Coach Sanders even, being in the completely new situation that he's in. I mean, you really are, along with uh, Coach Rader, the two, uh, I don't want to say highest level, but most influential parts of the offense that are back uh, for this game after playing that Limestone game last year. Any similarities, lessons, teachings you can draw on to bring into this game? I think a big thing is, especially when you're playing an opponent, um, that maybe is a level down like they are, which doesn't mean anything other than, you know, the teams they play against. Um, you want to come out early and set the tone. Uh, that's one thing we talked about with Limestone. And to get that, that first touchdown out of the way that, you know, was kind of hyped up, like who's going to score the first touchdown? Yeah. You know, as a player, you don't want to worry about that, but you still do. Yeah. Um, so um, getting that out of the way, you know, sustaining a solid drive. You don't want to score in the first play because you don't get really get in a rhythm. You want to kind of have a six, seven, eight, nine, ten play drive um, 
get your feet wet, and then get ready to roll. So I think a big key is that first drive and then sustaining a drive and the defense doing the same. I know you take it one day at a time, and all the players and coaches, that's always a big mantra for every team, right? But is there any part that creeps into your mind of, boy, we're going from Division Two team week one to Nealon week two against University of Tennessee. Um, do you envision that being a more difficult jump than just like a conference-to-conference week type thing? I think that it's such a rare thing to see D2 one week and then uh, FBS the next week with an SEC school. So uh, I know you're probably not jumping into it 100% yet, but has anything crept into your mind of, wow, we're going to have to make a ton of adjustments? Yeah, I think in the summer when you look at the schedule, that's something that obviously goes through your mind. Um, it is the most cliche thing ever one day at a time, but we haven't watched any film on Tennessee. Yeah. We haven't even you know, started preparing for them. So really the majority of this offseason has been preparing for our own offense because of all the changes we've made with that. So really this week has been you know, about us, and Coach says that all the time. We're worried about us. If we're the best ETSU football team we can be, then that takes care of itself. If someone's better than that, then – hey, we'll tip our cap. But um, if we're the best we can be, then that's all we can do. So I think with us honing in on ourselves and then focusing on Mars Hill this week, um, you know, next week when we start looking at UT, I'll have a better answer for you. Yeah. Last question for Austin Herrick before we uh, wrap up the route tree. And I, I, my question is, you know, being an offensive guy, what, what are you hoping the offense can do Saturday night? I think, you know, with game one in any season, you're wanting just to see execution. You know, if you see a lot of big plays and, and things like that, I think fans like that. But you want to see, you know, guys doing their assignments, a lot, their alignment, lining up right. Things like that are really crucial the first game. How can you translate the information you learn in meetings and practice to the game? You know, because a lot of these guys, it, it may be their first time playing and, you know, meaningful snaps. And the first game of the year always brings jitters, uh, you know, for everyone. So, you know, putting all that aside, doing your job and executing – is something that I, I want to see from our guys, and, and I think we'll see that. You know, we've we put in uh, much more time this off season than I can ever remember us putting in. Um, so I'm excited to see all that work pay off, and um, you know, I think this would be a really good year for our team, and I think you'll see a lot of growth in our offense. Well, Austin, we're excited to have you. The route tree will be every Friday. We'll be able to put all the stuff on there, and uh, good luck to you Saturday night. And we'll Appreciate see you next it. week, man. Appreciate Thank it. You. Guys. Thank all you. right, it's comments from Austin Herrick. When we come back, Adam Sayers, ETSU women's soccer coach, talked about the big win last night. This is Sandus and the Sidekick. You can download us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or watch the replay on Facebook Live. We're back after this on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Nicewanger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only hospital in the region dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families. With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing hope and healing to you and your family. To learn more, visit nicewangerchildrens.org. That's nicewangerchildrens.org. The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Here's the deal. 
At Wendy's, every hamburger is made with fresh, never frozen beef. Now here's the big deal. You can get a day's double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef, along with small fries and a drink for just $5 when you download the Wendy's app. And the real deal? That's a whole lot of delicious Wendy's food for just $5. Download the app today. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640, the extreme sports monster. Sandos and the sidekick, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, man in the middle today. ETSU women's soccer head coach Adam Sayers fresh off a big win last night. But, uh, boy, the game uh, secondary there early on, wasn't it? You get there and all of a sudden uh, a lockdown goes in. Yeah, it was an interesting situation. Um, we were, we'd already arrived and the players were in the locker room. And we were down on the pitch, our coaching staff, their coaching staff, there. Uh, media staff and their TV crew were, were all down on the pitch and um, the, the stadium is, is is below the locker room the locker room's at the top of the stands and their team had come out of the locker room and were lined up about to come down to the pitch ours were still in the locker room we were going to wait another five minutes and a police vehicle sped round said something to a media contact they had up there and he sort of then frantically started waving everyone up so their players sprinted back into the locker room we sprinted up the steps um, into our locker room and obviously communicated to our players that, that there was a lockdown down. We didn't know why at the time. Um, and then some of their staff came into our locker room. It was sort of a double locker room area because that was the closest place for them. Um, and we were all sort of hunkered in there for a while and word filtered through that there was a, 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 an active shooter in the area. Um, and, uh, and then we were just obviously waiting there until we, we heard further updates. Uh, so from our standpoint then, we're trying to obviously primarily make sure everyone's safe. Um, uh, which we were. It was, a, it was a secure building. And the upstate staff were fantastic, I have to say that. They, they looked after us really well. Um, and uh, and then from that point, we're uh, obviously assuming we're still going to play the game. 
uh, in case we did. We didn't know at that point. We didn't know how long we'd be in there. Um, so our priority then was keeping the players' spirits up, keeping their concentration, keeping their focus, but also keeping the mood somewhat light, try and dispel any fear because we knew we were in a safe building and uh, USC Upstate and the town of Spartanburg had a lot of... Uh, a lot of law enforcement um, workers addressing the situation. Um, so again, we, we kept the mood light, the spirit was great, the girls were fantastic, their attitude was first class. And eventually we got the all clear and, uh, and went down and, and did a condensed warm up and, and got the game started. I, I'm just mad because we've had a couple oddity things happen uh, just this year. Early like the, four the, days, right? right uh, you've had two two lockdowns. Also, there was a game where we're waiting on some officials to get from point A to point B. I mean, it's just it just seems like it's, it, I don't know how you've had two two lockdowns in two games that have been delayed a little bit, and you're trying to figure it out. And I don't know how many years that you've you've had two things that weren't like a lightning delay. Yeah. It's one thing to have a weather delay, you know, you can see it coming or whatever. But it's another thing, you've had kind of two non-weather issues delay yeah. you in, in a short period of time just to make the season a little more interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely been some, some unique and, and interesting logistical issues. Uh, as you say, earlier this week, uh, on our own campus, a lockdown on Monday, which, again, everyone dealt with fantastically well. Um, but that was also a game day for us. We had a game Monday night. And during the day on Monday, we had that on our campus last night, game day, lockdown. And then, as you mentioned earlier in the season, um, there was a, an error in the assigning of the officials. So they arrived late. So that was our home opener was delayed. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. But we, we always you know attempt to prepare the players for that kind of thing conceptually. Um, we always say, you know, you can't control everything that happens on or off the pitch. But what you can control is how you respond to everything that happens on or off the pitch, both in soccer and in life. And that's a very important lesson to, to learn and, a, and, a, and a, a, you know, a, a characteristic we attempt to instill in them. Um, there, there are so many things outside of our control, but you've still got to get out there and perform. You've still got to be on it. You've still got to maintain focus and maintain concentration. Um, and, and they've been fantastic at it. We you know, the, the, the night of the, the officials that you mentioned, was a, we played very, very well against George Mason. Very unlucky in that game. Last night, our most complete performance of the season. Um, we, we've, we've played well in every game so far for certain periods. Uh, and, and the challenge has continually been, can we extend those periods when we play well? When momentum swings against us, can we swing it back in our favour as quickly as possible um, and, and put together a, a complete 90 minutes? And they did that last night. The girls were fantastic. It seems like last year the issues were injury-related. You just had, it seems like, one person after the next that just uh, took a knock and, and couldn't go out for some an extended period of time. Others, in the case of uh, Leanne Cutshaw, she had that concussion and was unable to go for three or four games in the middle of the season. Season. And then you had Pauline Vienna overseas, and she was doing international play, and, and, and she picked up an injury, and Fiona Dodge, and just uh, on and on. Megan Sowers missed a lot of time as well. So can you just lay out going from that year to this year, and now, of course, you're dealing with things that are not so much injury-related, but just kind of out of your control completely and outside factors affecting the team. But going from that year last year that uh, you didn't get the wins and losses that you were hoping for, uh, but you were able to um, you know, go and get that historical year in 2016, and now coming back from 2017, trying to move back into more of that 2016 form, developing some camaraderie on the pitch again, because that's something you didn't really get a chance to do last year much. Absolutely, yeah. It was, it was a very strange one last year injury-wise. Obviously, the, you know, 
know, the, from an injury prevention standpoint, the goal of any team is, is to minimise um, the soft tissue injuries and the muscle injuries, and we're, we're always endeavouring to do that. Um, we did have some of those last year, but we had a spate of bizarre injuries. You mentioned the goalkeeper's concussion. Um, we had Leo's shoulder. She fell awkwardly on her shoulder. So there, was, there was a shoulder injury. Um, just these sort of bizarre joint injuries that you, you can't account for. Um, and, and you're right, there was a lot of them, and they disrupted um, any sort of relationship or, or camaraderie that we attempted to build within the team. And obviously left us short of players somewhat as well. So uh, yeah, the, the lineup was constantly changing, uh, which, which obviously the, a lot of the time you, you deliberately change the lineup, you tweak it based on on how on the opposition, as an example, how we think we can hurt them, um, how we think we need to stop them. So you may strategically or tactically alter the lineup that way. But we had a lot of enforced changes through that situation, so it it did disrupt um, what we were attempting to consistently implement. Um, the players were fantastic throughout. It was obviously out of their control. Um, their attitude was great the whole time. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously, you know, we've spent a lot of time in the off season analysing that and, and attempting to implement strategies to how, as to how we can address it. And, and the staff and the, and the players have been uh, great in that regard. And yeah, we're obviously hoping for a, for a, a better uh, injury record this season. Touchwood so far, it's been great. Um, and, uh, and as I said, just said to Jay, you know, we've, we've played well in every game so far. Um, just haven't quite got the bounce to go our way. Do you feel like getting Eleonora Goldoni back from international play? Now, the nice thing about having players that are called out to international duty, that means you've got some pretty high-ranking, uh, high-skilled players that uh, can go and do international duty for their countries. What an honor, and I'm sure that you're not one that would try and stand in the way of that because that is such an incredible opportunity for them. When Eleonora Goldoni does come back, and this is the third game she missed now, I'm not sure when she is um, going to be back with the club, but hopefully you can address that as well. When she is back, do you feel like that's that final piece? She's such an incredibly talented scorer, one of the top two or three in uh, the Southern Conference over the last number of years with Jermaine Siopasenway and um, Haley Youngener over from Wofford, but she's right up there with them and has um, been that way for the last few years. Could that be that final piece? Um, well, she's obviously definitely a top player, yeah. very talented player. Um, and as you say, it's uh, it's an honour for her, it's an honour for us, it's an honour for the programme, it's an honour for the university whenever any player gets called for their for their national team, uh, selected for international duty. And we've had you know several over the years. Sarah Zadrazil was, was regularly selected for the Austrian senior team and, and got all, to, all the way to the semi-finals of the European Championships um, last summer. Um, and we've had several players that have represented their country at under-19 level and under-17 level. And as you say, uh, you know, part of that is that sometimes they'll be selected during the season. Um, and, uh, but obviously, our, our goal for our players is multifaceted here. Okay. Obviously, we want to win games and win championships. We've done it in the past, and we'll do it in the future. Um, and, and that's a primary goal for us. But additionally, we also have a commitment to our players and to their welfare and to their future. Um, inside or outside of soccer. If there's anything we can do um, to help our players meet individual goals while they're here or post-ETSU, we'll do it. Um, and part of that, for the players that have had international careers and get or get selected for the first time for their country while they're here and have ambitions to go and play professionally and, and, and play for their country after they leave here, then obviously we're committed to that. Um, it, it, as you say, if we were if we attempted to stand in their way, then we wouldn't get those players anymore. Right. Um, so, but that's not why we do it. We do it. Uh, we do it for for them. You know, the, the player welfare, player ambition, and player goals are very important to us, and so we'll always support those. Um, it's why we, you know, it's why we build squads like we do because you, we mentioned the injury situation earlier. It's important you have cover for that. Right. It's important you have cover for players being selected for international duty, and, and obviously since Leo's been gone. 
on. Sarah Connolly's performed fantastically well. So has Rachel Harbin. So Sydney Camander. So we have we have cover in there. But obviously, any time you miss a player of Leo's quality, it, it has an impact. Um, so we're very much looking forward to her returning. She'll miss two more games. Um, and she'll be back after our September 6th game. Their World Cup qualifier is against Belgium wow. on September 4th. Um, so hopefully Leo will feature in that game. Italy have qualified for the World Cup, so Leo is potentially now going to play in a World Cup next summer, awesome. which is the highest honour any player could ever dream of to represent your country in a World Cup. Um, I'm fortunate enough to work with the USA national youth teams uh, in addition to my role here, so I understand that side of it as well. But, but there's no greater honour for a player... Um, to play for your country in a World Cup tournament. And Italy have qualified and Leo's been selected for the last several squads. So this camp and future camps this year, which will be Italy's preparation camps for the World Cup, are very important for Leo because obviously it's her chance to shine. It's her chance to show what she can do. So hopefully she'll be on that plane to France uh, next summer. I think the tournament starts June 7th. Um, and again, it's our, it's our goal to support her as much as we can in that. So obviously... When our season finishes, we'll have a specific training program for Leo to prepare her for each individual camp and then to prepare her for the tournament in June. Um, but it, as it pertains to our season, um, yeah, obviously, so when she comes back, it will strengthen us. She's a great player. Um, obviously, you know, it, it's such a, a team sport where, where teammates are, are dependent upon each other. They're dependent upon the system of play and the style of play. So it, it will certainly strengthen us and it will add an additional piece to our puzzle but obviously you know we're, we're, a, we're, a, we're a strong team and we're a strong group of players um, and when players leave we obviously carry on performing and we have alternate plans uh, when she comes back she will be an important piece but obviously it's you know the the, the roles of the other players within that system are just as important uh, but we're, we're looking forward to having her back one more quick one uh, and I would have memorized all the names but there's 10 seniors on this team and it's not just the fact that they are seniors and that number is so large it's the quality that they brought to your program. Rachel Harbin, Eleanor Galoni, Pauline Villa, and Victoria Reister, uh, Isabel Hodgson, Brittany Jones, Fiona Dodge, um, Leanne Cutshaw, Maya Huss. Um, so you've got 10, two of the three goalies on the roster as well. There's going to be a ton to replace next year, but does that put any extra emphasis on this year to make sure you're getting the most out of those players in their senior seasons? I'm sure they want to leave on a good note. Yes, um, they they have a great attitude. They're, they're a fantastic group of young women. I'm so proud of them already, um, regardless of what happens this season. Um, but they're very committed. They do really want to do well in their last year. Um, they're all going to be very successful in whatever path they choose after ETSU. And we, obviously, as we do with every senior group, we're really looking forward to seeing how they develop and, and, and what they do with their, their careers and their lives uh, post-ETSU. There's a lot of experience in that group. Um, you know, they've been through, you mentioned the 2016 season, which was a very, very good season for us. Um, historic, as you say, broke a lot of records. Um, so they've, they've had the benefit of experience in those type of seasons, um, which, you know, we'll, we'll obviously be leaning on that going forward. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, as you say, they're all, all crucial players. I and I left out Delaney to Griffin. I don't want to, I don't want to leave her <laughs> yeah. out either. I mean, that's the 10th. It's an um, incredible group. And as you say, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're very influential for us at the moment. I think in the last couple of games, we've had eight or nine of them starting. So it's, uh, you know, it's, um, it, it's a, they're a very important group for us. Um, a lot of potential, a lot of experience. So hopefully we can utilize that going forward the rest of the season. But as I say, I'm so proud of them. Uh, they, they're all going to be successful in whatever field they choose post-ETSU. Some of them will go on to careers in the game. Some of them will go on to, to 
you know, high, high level of academics. Some of them will go straight into the professional world, and, and I'm sure they'll do very well. But they, I'm so proud to say that they're on our roster and they represent our university. We're a little partial to two of them. As you know, because Maya Huss and Rachel Harbin work with the network. And so when they're not on the soccer pitch, yep. they're actually in the trailer producing uh, uh, games for us where they're doing commercials, audio. Maya actually directs and stuff, yeah. uh, broadcast for us during men's and women's basketball. So we're a little partial to two-year seniors because they've been able to work for us on the network. As we have, we always have athletes across sports that we kind of pull forward. So we, we're a little partial to those seniors, but certainly you've had a good group that's had a lot of success for you. So Yes, they've been, they've been great. And as you say, there's, that, that's a testament to the type of people they are in addition to the a full load of academics. They, they've all, the team as a whole performed so well academically. Last year, the team GPA was 3.7, and we had 10 players with a perfect 4.0. Um, they manage that. They manage all, all the, you know, the commitments we ask of them academically, and several of them find time to, to volunteer with community service. They find time for additional jobs to to, to, you know, to get by to an additional money. You mentioned Meyer and Harbs do it here. We've got other players that work at the CPA, other players that work in different parts of campus. Um, their time management skills are fantastic. They never let anything interfere with soccer and they never let anything interfere with academics, but they still manage to, 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 to have a variety of aspects to their, to their lives, if you like, which is only going to benefit them going forward. Coach, we appreciate the time. Uh, Sunday, next match, right? Uh, yep. UNC Charlotte. Wait, so Charlotte. Uh, can, uh, good luck on that. Thank we'll you. Be very up with very you. good team. Be a great experience. Looking forward to it. All right, Coach, appreciate it. That's uh, head coach Adam Sayers, ETSU Women's Soccer. When we come back, bold predictions on this Friday. After this timeout, you're watching Sandos and Sidekick. You can download us on iTunes and on SoundCloud on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were. This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway, he scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole, the clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. 
No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye for all your printing needs. There is no way LeBron James leaves Cleveland again. I agree with Jarvis Landry. I think the Browns are a Super Bowl contender this year. How in the world can you not see that Big Baller brand is far superior to making the NBA than Puma? Yeah, rumors fly a lot. Jason Witten is not going to Monday Night Football. I mean, the Mike Ayers rumor that he's leaving, no way. I bet he's there until 2025. Terrell Owens has made a career off jawing, running his mouth. Will he be in Chattanooga for his Hall of Fame induction? No chance. He'll be in Canada. Bold prediction. So it happens when you work in uh, media or radio, TV, whatever, whenever you say something outlandish every once in a while, somebody records it, right? And... Uh, those are just a couple from last season that we said. We didn't have a formal segment uh, where we did bold predictions. Banter, but because you know, of how yeah. bad we are, mm-hmm. um, occasionally we'll say something. And even during the week. Now, we didn't this week. The, the only red alert we got this week was uh, your Katy Perry. But <laughs> other, other than that, um, if there is something that said it's outlandish, they will hit the red alert button. It will be yep. brought back up on Fridays. We're going to make predictions um, and, and, and bold. We hope they are bold enough for uh, our scorekeeper back in the studio, Jacob Townsend. But we will make bold predictions. He's going to keep up with it. And we'll see how we do. Last week, uh, not not very good. I think I was one and two. You were was, you were over, right? Winless. But yeah, we absolutely. actually had the same one. We actually had a Tiger Woods one. But yeah. that's that was pretty impressive. That, he was like seventieth when we predicted him top ten. I mean, what do you want? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, no. I, yeah, I was trying to get him top ten. I should have realized it was like you're his, trying to will him to victory. It was like his ninety seventh round in a row coming off the back <laughs> surgery, and I should I should have known. So anyway, with back so, problems. You're Yourself, you should know that. Uh, yeah, exactly, and uh, and I can't even play two days in a row, let alone Just what, what he's trying to do. You couldn't possibly <laughs> be any dumber. Wow, that's an early one. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. That's fair. All right, so you're gonna you you're gonna bat lead off here today. Well, I'm just gonna give a couple near misses for me first, um, because I think that they might have. I don't know if they snuck into yours or not, but I think a lot of people will jump on James Madison over North Carolina State anytime you see James Madison playing a FBS school. But the Wolfpack had the most wins for their program since 2010, the second time ever they've reached. Uh, nine and four, and they went five and one at home. Upset number eleven Florida State, number seventeen Louisville, um, and nearly pulled off a huge one against Clemson. You remember that it was like thirty-eight, thirty-one in their homecoming. So JMU, obviously as good as it gets at the FCS level, but not good enough. Seven draftees gone from North Carolina State, so that could be a close game between JMU and North Carolina State. But I don't think that's happening. So Jacob, don't write that one down. Also, I'm not sure how many people were going to hop out of App State over Penn State with James Franklin doing his thing, ranked number ten in the country. Seems like he's really got them on the right track, and they're a contender in what is possibly the best college football conference in the country. I know I shouldn't say that in this area. Definitely a close second behind the SEC if they're not number one. So uh, App State, if that were at home, I think I'd give them a little bit more of a chance. But going into Happy Valley in front of those 80,000, 90,000 screaming fans, I don't think it's going to happen. So a couple near misses, and now I'll give you my first one. We'll get back to college football in a second. I'm going to go to ETSU. And one of them actually is in progress right now. I didn't know that they started at 10.30, but ETSU Volleyball, I'm saying three straight set wins this weekend in their three matches. They've got Tulsa, 
who were 15 and 17 and 9 and 11 in the American. That's right now. I don't know if it's finished up or not, but they were going into the third set last time I checked. Uh, they're probably the stiffest competition this weekend, Tulsa. They beat Wofford 3-1 to last weekend, who finished fourth in the league last season. Um, but ETSU looked really good last weekend against Clemson, getting that win, and then Texas A&M, Corpus Christi as well. Then UMBC, it's not their basketball team, so I'm not too worried. You get that victory. Belmont, no wins yet this year. Only one set from five matches. Shut out by Chattanooga. 3-0 in their season opener. Chattanooga finished 6-10 and in the SoCon last year. The only set they have won, funny enough, was against number 22 Michigan State, so that's a little bit strange. But everything else has been straight set losses for them. I see no issues after today. If ETSU has already beaten Tulsa, the toughest one is out of the way. Three straight set victories for ETSU Volleyball this weekend. Mike, good news. They've already defeated Tulsa. In th- oh, you know it in three sets. Yeah. The brilliance is present. Feels good. I'm questioning he said that before 10.30. That's all I'm saying. It's, I'm going to go uh, – my first bold prediction that actually is going to be something that didn't happen last year. The Bucks didn't have 150 yards on the ground. I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to say the Bucks are going to have 185 or more. Why did you go to 200? Because I want to go 185. <laughs> 185. What kind of, that's a strange number. Okay, 185. Right. Well, right. I mean, your prediction, that's fine. I'm just saying, if you take a couple knees into the game, it costs against you. So, you that's know, take a couple knees down. So, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Well, first of all, they only had 140 was the most last year. So, I still think 45 yards off what they had last season. Still pretty good jump. You're going to go. So, I'm going to go 185. Okay. I'm going to go 185. I'm also going to double down on the same one. And say they will have a 100-yard rusher. Okay. Boom. So it's a double Are you predicting fold. who that's going to be? I am not. Okay. <laughs> Quay Holmes, the talk from Tim Clifton, didn't I mean, influence you to say I mean, Quay Holmes? I mean, Quay, Quay's penciled in as a guy that's going to get the ball first, but I think, you know, there, there, might, uh, there might be one or two guys get a quick carry early, Thompson, see, who's, see who's yeah, gotten man. and see what's going on. So I, I think the Bucks will have 185 on the ground against Mars Hill. I think they will have a 100-yard rusher in game one. That's my first bold prediction. My boldest prediction of the weekend, I think, and this is how confident I am in ETSU football tomorrow at Mm -hmm. 7.30 at William B. Green Jr. Stadium. I say they match their interception total from last year in tomorrow's game. They had five. Paul Hunter with two. Nasir Player with one. Dominic Williams with one. And Austin Gate with one. Three returners in that bunch, Mm -hmm. with Hunter being the only one that's gone. They only had two in 2016. I was thinking about going back to 2016, but I said, you know what? These are bold predictions. Two interceptions, that's not bold. So five interceptions this weekend. They've had 12 since they come back. Austin Brown, really his first extensive game action since 2016, having to split time down the middle with David Salmon in 2017. So I think that five interceptions for ETSU football is as bold as it gets. I'm going to go with seven. Interceptions? Touchdowns. Oh. Seven touchdowns, something the Bucks did not do again last season in one game. Seven, Seven touchdowns, touchdowns. Wow. offensively. Okay. So defense, special teams will not count. Offense will produce seven That's bold. six-pointers on the board. So when three of my interceptions are housed. That won't count. Yeah, for you. will not count for me. So I actually have things to root for this weekend. I'm going defensive touchdowns and interceptions. You're just <laughs> well, I mean, you should pull for that anyway. Well, but you're yes, right. I yes. will be. I will but be. Yes, I'm extra. going. My second bold prediction is going to be the seven um, uh, touchdowns by the offense in game one. That's bold. They're going to have over 180 yards, 85 yards rushing, 100 yard rusher, seven touchdowns on the board. I will go off. I'll do the third one. I will go off ETSU football, but stick with football. For a game that's going to go on tonight, if you believe tonight, the okay. wise guys are catching 13 and a half points, the Black Knights, my Army Black Knights, wow. go into Durham against the soon-to-be Mike White uh, Duke Blue Devils and David Cutcliffe, and I'm going Army upset on the road, plus 13 and a half. I'm actually taking them 
Army to road. win. Wow. Army to win on the road Friday night special. That is my third bold prediction. And you'll find this shocking, but Army's going to be in a lot of my bold predictions. <laughs> okay, well, I, I was going to do a bold prediction on Arizona State is my team that I'm really on this year, but they're playing UT San Antonio, and they're fav- I don't know how many they're favored by. It's a bunch. It's a boatload. But I am going a little less bold on the outside of ETSU college football prediction. LSU over Miami. Okay. Uh, it's only a three-and-a-half point spread, I think, so it's not mega bold, but Joe Burrow is going to start for LSU. He was at Ohio State, tore up the spring game, then transferred. Miami's defense, and I did some research on this, I think they're fraudulent. Uh, 38th in the nation in total defense last year. The turnover chain, total bust. That's all they were known for. There's no depth behind that one thing they do really well. And then also, they won last year four ACC games in a row by one score. Is that a neutral site or is that actually in Baton Rouge? I believe that's a neutral site. I, 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 I'm not yeah, sure. I think it is. It's, it's in Dallas. Dallas. Okay, so, so closer think, I, to but Because yeah, I, I would say it would not be a bold prediction if it's in Baton Rouge. It is, I would say. At least I'll give you more credit for a bold prediction. One more. Uh, I take one more bold step to adulthood mm-hmm. and don't eat the entire package of Rocky Road Oreos on the top of my fridge uh, before the weekend's up. One more bold step towards becoming a full-fledged productive member of society. Yeah, I don't think that. It's, it would be a huge. That might be more bold than the other one I had with ETSC football. We'll take Monday off for the holiday. Be back with you on Tuesday with Sandos and the sidekick. So we'll take Monday off for the holiday. Back with you on Tuesday, 730. ETSU Mars Hill. It is a gold out. Our pregame coverage on the Extreme Sports Monster 640WXSM will start at 6 p.m. For Jacob Townsend in the studio, Austin Herrick, Adam Sayers. That's Mike Gallagher. I'm Jay Sandos. We'll see you on Tuesday. Next edition of Sandos and Sidekick.